Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bring, bring it fast. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are now joined by Peter talking all things Hull. You may recognize him um, from his appearances on this show. Also, you may know him uh, from HCAFC Tiger Link, uh, where you can find out all things about Hull uh, and the City of Culture stuff, which I'll let him get into uh, at the back end of the show. Uh, Peter... Obviously, the the sad news is that you will not be in the Premier League next season. But before we get there, let's talk about this season. Because you were in the Premier League. It it looked like you were just going to go down with a whimper. Then Silva comes in. You have a really good push towards the end. Unfortunately, things don't go your way. Uh, But on the whole, how did you view the season as a whole fan? Yeah, I mean, it's been a season of highs and lows. And more lows than highs. And obviously... It ends with huge disappointment, and uh, it's a big blow to be relegated, although not a huge surprise. If I start my review of the season by going back to last year this time, or roughly this time, and the the victory over Sheffield Wednesday in the playoff final, a wonderful day for us with Modi Army's goal, uh, and of course, Soon afterwards, the army departed to to move to Newcastle. And it was a great performance on the day against Sheffield Wednesday, but we finished the season poorly under Steve Bruce. Should have gone up automatically and faded away in the spring a little bit. And it's probably fair to say that there was a touch of fortune about us going up to the Premier League for the third time. And... Fans were relieved as well as very pleased. And so there was an extra sort of boost because I think when we got it, we were just in the playoffs. There wasn't a, a strong belief that we would win the playoffs. So it was it was a huge, huge boost for the club at a time when we were still dogged by off-pitch problems, which I've talked about quite a bit um, on your, your podcast. Mm. The, the big headline maker, of course, through the close season, as well as the departure of Modi Army, was the, the lack of preparation and the, the departure of Steve Bruce. And yes, we started the season with famously, I think, what was it, 13 fit players, three of which were goalkeepers. No money had been spent. And both on and off the pitch, the side did not have the look of a Premier League club. Steve Bruce, Bruce parted in highly controversial circumstances in that it was clear that he had always said that he found it relatively straightforward working with our owners, but we all knew that he was just putting on the professional front and that behind the scenes it was getting tougher, particularly when... 
Ihabalan, the vice chairman, basically took over the role of chairman when his father, Asemalan, uh, was, was taken ill. And there was clearly from some friction there, which is why Steve Bruce departed. So that left Mike Phelan to take charge, who'd been our assistant manager for some time. Lots of experience and success with Manchester United. So very good credentials. And, uh, yeah, he did, with, without any sort of assurance, he took on the job. And in his first two games, had a wonderful home victory over Leicester City. And then an away win at Swansea City. The opening win over Leicester was surprising, but well-deserved, as was the away win at Swansea. But probably the root cause of our relegation this season was that after the away win at Swansea, in our second game of the season, we didn't win away from home again. And indeed, our performances away from home, even under Marco Silva, were absolutely woeful, as were the results. But after two games, Hull City fans were buoyant. They were happy. They'd won the first two games. But I don't think they ever thought, oh, brilliant, we're a great side, we're staying up. It was never quite like that. And how it developed was that uh, Mike Thielen remained in charge. And whilst the results weren't quite so positive after those first two wins... He was reasonably popular because he had a bit of a sympathy vote from the from the crowd and the fans because he'd taken on the job, but he was clearly trying to get hold of the owners to negotiate some sort of contract. And it took him two months to get that contract organised. And in that two months, his momentum that he'd got at the beginning of the season with the small squad was watered down and even though some players came in, uh, you know, th through the, the window, uh, we still had a very ordinary side. And I think Thielen had, had lost a little bit of motivation. And so we started to struggle and we weren't playing good football. And that continued through the autumn and towards Christmas. And the fans were a little bit restless. But again, the unrest was directed more towards the owners who hadn't really backed us financially or bought seriously good players. And there was sympathy again with Mike Phelan initially when we started to go into a very bad run. And it looked as if the owners were happy for him to continue regardless of the results. So that when he was eventually sacked, towards the end of the year and replaced by Marco Silva. Everyone was sort of pleased in a way, but it was a little bit of a shock because it hadn't really been signposted by results in particular because the results had been consistently bad for a little while and there'd been no off-pitch sign that a manager was coming, a new manager was coming. In fact, all the attention had been on the various consortiums who had been linked with the club in terms of purchases. Uh, I think one Chinese-based consortium has recently taken over Reading, and they were rejected as buyers because they didn't get through the fit and proper rules, mm. uh, which qualify, you know, which you need to actually buy the club. So that takes us to Christmas. The club's a little bit in turmoil off the pitch. 
a very, very unpopular membership scheme still underway. Lots of people starting and continuing to boycott games simply because of this membership scheme where concessions for both pensioners and juniors had been completely removed. And lots of people basically saying, I'm not going back to watch my team until we get decent owners in who will return the club to, to normal because we have people in charge of our football club who simply don't know about football and are incompetent to actually run the club. Now, I'm focusing on that because it is a huge theme within the, within the season. Um, when Silva took over, he, he was faced with an ordinary squad playing poorly that couldn't win or get points away from home. He was asked to avoid relegation on the cheap. And he had this background of an unsettled fan problems off the pitch. So to take on the job in the first place for Marco Silva was a brave move. And I think that won him popularity from the start. He was given money, but only limited money. And the players he brought in, uh, the likes of people like Ranocchia, who was a huge success, and uh, Nias from Everton on loan, you know, that they were they were cheap acquisitions. He wasn't given big money. And as we move towards the close season and people look back on the season, I think most Hull City players would say a couple more quality buys in January and we might just have been good enough to stay up in the Premier League. Overall, we don't think we had a bad season given the sort of players and the sort of money we had available. The players gave their all. There isn't a lot of ill feeling towards the players or the manager. We were just given too big a challenge in terms of the limited funds made available and the fact that Mike Phelan tried his best with the club for three or four months, but was never given any sort of control or assurances for the future and to some extent was almost like a puppet hung out to dry you know it, it was a tough ask for him and again when he left I don't think Mike Phelan will ever be really unpopular at Hull because the supporters understand how tough it was for him now Marco Silva as we know picking up the positive side really provided a huge boost to Hull City in January Suddenly we started playing good football, scoring goals at home. Particularly Nias gave a boost to uh, our attacking play. Um, and people like Grusicki and Ranocchia and other acquisitions really did well. And the home form was completely transformed. Played good football at home with some good goals, some great results, a great home run until the last couple of games, of course, which were crucial. But again, the root of our problems lay in the away form. It was a case of same old, same old. We'd go away to somewhere, regardless of who it was, and we'd, we'd start well, we'd look quite good, we'd miss a couple of chances, then the opposition would often score, and that was game over. We didn't seem to have the same ability to fight back from trailing 1-0 that we managed to do at home. Uh, away from home. And that was a huge, huge thing in our season. 
Marco Silva, as a personality, behaved impeccably. And there's no doubt that his stock rose massively between January and May because people saw his situation at Hull City. They saw an unfashionable club with modest players, with cheap acquisitions. And I think there is now a fairly well-established knowledge in football that uh, managing at Hull City isn't easy with our owners, even with the most generous interpretation of, of their approach. So I think... Marco Silva has been a massive Premier League success. And certainly at home, you know, there were some significant wins, uh, wins over Liverpool, for example, which allowed him to make his mark on the Premier League, which I think is what he wanted to do personally. And of course, until it was ended, I think, by Sunderland, he'd gone 41 home games with two or three sides, including Olympiacos and Hull City. I think it was 41 games before he actually lost a home game over, over a three-year period, which was remarkable. And, you know, we end the season with two disappointing home games, the defeat to Sunderland and our worst defeat in our 113-year history to a very, very good Tottenham side, 7-1 at home. Yeah. And that is a hugely disappointing end to the season. But... Uh, the truth is, when we lost at home to Sunderland and couldn't beat what was a woeful Sunderland side, most supporters knew that was it. And whilst a lot was made by the media when we lost at Crystal Palace heavily, I think by then most supporters knew that the players had given their all. Some were carrying injuries, very tired, and had put a lot into the home games, had achieved a lot of points and had done pretty well. So we end the season with the club still in a little bit of turmoil off the pitch, more than a little bit, with more questions than answers, with Marco Silva allegedly talking to Porto today and with an overall belief that Silva will be departing in the next few days. He's supposed to be talking to our owners, the Alans, tomorrow, but if he is, as is reported, talking to Porto today... It seems unlikely that he will then suddenly decide to stay tomorrow, but stranger things have happened in football. So Marco may well leave, but he will leave a popular man, despite having taken us down to the championship and, and sort of got us relegated. He will remain popular, even if he leaves, because people just appreciate that he gave it a go. He gave us a boost he galvanised the team, to use the old cliché, and he organised them, he disciplined them, he made the training tougher, and he, he built very quickly a cut-price better side and gave it a hell of a good go. And most fans respect him and like him because of that and will wish him well for the future. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Assuming that is what ends up happening, what direction do you think you'll go in terms of who your next manager would be? <laughs> well, I haven't seen any betting or anything like that, but I would think it's extremely open at the moment as to who might want to come in and who might come in. The big question everybody will be asking is, will the owners show financial support for a manager? Will they be willing to actually back the club financially? Or are they currently, because of their position on the name change and carrying a bit of chip on the shoulders, there are many who think that they are simply looking to bleed the club dry um, and, again, try and operate the club on the cheap, making sure that they don't lose any more money or, or indeed, make sure that they get money out of it. And that is the current fear. At the moment, there are numerous scaremonger rumours going around all sorts of parts of the club, both people who work there, on social media, within supporter groups, that the Alan family, our owners, have another trick up their sleeve and that there's some big shock coming that might not be in the best interests of the club. So with that as the backdrop, you start to think about what sort of manager is going to take on a job in the championship with our squad. Now, football is football, and there will be, always be someone who is willing to to take on a job. And Hull City are, you know, have established themselves with a decent reputation. They're not a bad club at all. But I think many will be wary. And with every respect to uh, some of those who are out of work at the moment, I do fear that we might get a a sort of um, a band C or band D manager, if I can put it that way, rather than someone of the calibre of a Silver or even a Steve Bruce. We may get somebody who desperately needs a job who's been out of work for a while. Now, you can argue that Marco Silva fell into that category, but he did at least have experience with a club of the stature of Olympiacos and he played in the Champions League, and I think it was quite a a good move to get hold of him. Will we get hold of someone as good as him again? No. Will we get a very good championship manager? I suspect not. And I can't currently give you a name. I really can't. I'm I'm struggling. There's been talk of Nigel Pearson, who has hopped around the Midlands clubs and had various spells at Leicester and Derby recently. And, of course, he did have a spell with Hull City when we went down before. But uh, I can't really see him coming for a second time. But, again, you never know in football. So I think it's sort of like a, um, it's, it's sort of like a clean slate if Marco Silva goes. And it's 
right, who do we want? I mean, we showed interest in in Zola before um, Phelan was appointed. But I think following Zola's performance at Birmingham, it's unlikely would, we would go for him. But again, Zola may struggle to get another job in the, the future and Hull may be the best he'll get. And Zola might be the best that we can afford or take on. So I think what will hurt the fans is that we may have to prepare ourselves for the appointment of a fairly low-key character. Yet there will still be the expectation amongst the fans, as there always is at every club, can we play good football? Can we bounce back? And most of all, is there money? And can we keep some of the fairly good players we have still? And we do have some good players so that there's a core there that would allow us to bounce back straight away. Because despite everything I've said, and this isn't a contradiction, I just think momentum is important in sport, uh, in football, just the same. And whilst we've gone down, we still have the parachute payments. Yes, we've probably spent most of it on debt, but there's still an, an element of momentum overall. And I think if we don't bounce back in the first season or second season, it may get progressively tougher if we are not taken over by a consortium with a large amount of money. So there's almost a feeling that we need to get our organi- ourselves organised quickly and get some momentum moving forward again. Otherwise, we, we might be preparing ourselves for a long spell in the championship mm. or there's a danger we might plummet even lower. As clubs like Southampton and Norwich did before they returned and clubs like Portsmouth did and are only just starting to come back. Yeah. You've mentioned the change in ownership a few times now, um, which is obviously needed considering the uh, bad blood between the fan base and the alums basically since they came in. Um, and especially since the name change proposal. But uh, do you think that being relegated impacts the likelihood that they sell? Incredibly difficult question to answer. I think the answer to that is no, because it's almost seemed that round about October, November time, they decided not to sell. I've heard that the reason they decided not to help to, to sell is that they wanted a certain price and bidders were going nowhere near that price. So our owners were sort of happier to keep the club than to sell it cut price. And so they took the risk of relegation, but as I've said, weren't willing to actually back it enough to keep us in the Premier League. So I can't really see that they would sell it as a profit now. So I think they'd only really sell it if they got bored. Uh, And they may have their own plans just to re-exert control and they may have their own reasons for still wanting to own a football club. They may even, and this is one of the fears we have as fans, want to resurrect the whole name change thing. Who knows? They may feel that's easier to railroad through when we're in the championship. Who knows? But there's no doubt they have, excuse me, they, they have enjoyed the razzmatazz that goes with the Premier League. I think when you are wealthy businessmen with a engineering company 
the sort of contacts you get in the Premier League and the focus you get are extremely good for your business. And on a personal level, I think Sam Alam in particular has enjoyed meeting key celebrities along the way. Uh, in the boardrooms of the bigger clubs away from home, I'm sure he's he's made a lot of contacts. And there was a report this week that he had a meeting with Tony Blair uh, in Hull during the last week, suggesting the possibility of our owners funding a centre party in politics with the cooperation of former Labour leader here, Tony Blair. So they have their fingers in a lot of pies. Uh, and it's not clear if football is their first priority. So I'd love to give you a straight yes or no answer, but it just isn't that clear. No one knows what is going on in the minds of our owners. Mm. And that is why fans are even more unsettled about them, because they don't communicate well. At key points, they say the right things and do the right things on the face of it. But recent indications are that they are taking more money out than they are putting in. And I can't see at the moment that they are suddenly going to inject a huge amount more money to give us a huge boost for a successful championship campaign. So it's in the lap of the gods, and I really don't know where we're going with them. Hmm. That's why, overall, I would prefer a new owner. Yeah, it would definitely bring much-needed stability. Um, yep. You also mentioned how much money will they put into this side. Obviously, there are some players that will probably stick in the Premier League just because they're good enough. Other clubs will offer proper money. Do you feel you may lose more players because of this? Yes, I think the reason I've harped on about the financial side of things, it is important in football. You can't ignore it. And I suspect that in the Championship, despite being a recently departed Premier League club, we won't be paying our manager or players top wages by championship standards. We, already, we, we have always found it difficult to attract players to Hull City. We gained a little bit of prestige by being in the Premier League. But particularly now with the off-field problems which are well known, it's going to be tougher to attract players here in the same way that it's tough to attract a new manager, I think. So as well as not getting new players in because we haven't got much money, we won't be able to offer huge contracts to existing players. So it would not surprise me if the likes of Aston Villa, for example, with former manager Steve Bruce, came back to his own stomping ground, took a look at Abel Hernandez, took a look at Ahmed al Mohamedi, and maybe even one or two other players who aren't even at, even at Tom Huddleston. I mean, I think it, it, it's been fairly well touted in the media that players like Andy Robertson and Harry Maguire are Premier League class or close, and they have a choice of clubs from what we can tell. And it's likely that we will get good money for them. What we want is, of course, that money needs to be absorbed into the club and a half of it or three quarters of it used for replacements that are reasonably high quality. The fear is that sort of like if we get in 30 million for Harry Maguire and Andy Robertson, that we may be buying players at 2 million and 3 million each to replace them. And, you know, that is the fear. 
that it isn't reinvested so, into the squad. Absolutely, yeah. So, but you know, we live in hope. Maybe that a larger proportion of that money will be spent. But you know, classically, classically, uh, teams in our situation, there is a real danger that they start this scaling down process, where your squad is reduced in number and in quality when you go down to the championship. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of where we'll wrap up is you are heading to the championship, unfortunately, but you know, your most recent trip was brief. Um, is that the direction you think things will go or is it really up in the air at this point? You mean, do you think we'll bounce straight back to the Premier League? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, um, in what I write for Tiger Link, I will be well balanced and positive and certainly as, as uh, you know, glass half full as possible. My personal view is that we are at the end of a golden era. And for the moment, we may have to settle for being in the championship. Just again, for, the, for your listeners to put into context, Hull City as a club, we are 113 years old. Now, for the first 98 years, okay, we had modest success. And then you can trace our recent success to a new stadium, the Casey Stadium, uh, in 2002, and the arrival of former England manager Peter Taylor in October 2002, who then gave us back-to-back promotions from League Two to the Championship in 2003-04 and 2004-05, I think it was. When he arrived only 15 years ago, we were 18th in Division Two. So we've come one hell of a long way in those 15 years. So relegation from the Premier League to the Championship is a massive blow. But when you see it in that context and... Bear in mind that in those 15 years, we had the back-to-back promotions, five years in the top tier for the first time ever. After Dean Windus's fantastic goal at Wembley in 2008, we have had, had a flirtation with European football, with the Europa League, an FA Cup final against Arsenal in 2014, our first ever, uh, two trips to Wembley that season, fantastic performance against Sheffield United in the semi-final, and then 2 0 up against Arsenal in the FA Cup final of 2014. So this is still a golden era for Hull City. <clears throat> so by other people's standards, perhaps this would be a total disaster. And of course, as fans, we are gutted, but we have to get it in context. You know, we aren't yet an established Premier League club. We are a big club in the Championship, but we are not yet Premier League class. And as part of the development of Hull City as a club, maybe this is the way we need to go. Maybe we need to be a yo-yo side, as we've been for a few years, and then maybe regroup and come back and need more money, different owners, and even a different era to come back and truly establish ourselves in the Premier League. Because I think what the fans want, of course they want to get in the Premier League under any circumstances. But having had a taste of it, I think what they really want is to do a West Brom or a Stoke or a Swansea or a Southampton. They want to go up there with a good side and a good manager 
and have a stint of five to ten years there. Then I think as a city and a club, we can start to think that we are truly a Premier League football club city. And until we do that, we will still be a small club that's had a good 15 years, that's on the up, that's well known, that's quite popular with neutrals, but still has that extra step to climb. So the big hope is, in the medium term, let's get back in the Premier League. But let's be realistic. We may just have to wait a while. And it may be that this current little pocket of real success and true headline-making has drawn slowly to a close over the last few months. Well, that would indeed be quite unfortunate. Hopefully, um, you will just bounce right back and we'll see you again. And uh, what would that be, the 2018 season? Well, that would be nice, yeah. It would be <laughs> wonderful to be back in the Premier League, of course. Uh, stranger things have happened, but uh, you know, we, we will all miss it because the the focus and the attention you get in the Premier League is just so intense. And when you do drop down to the Championship, you notice how much less attention there is in the media and how you need to dig deeper for news about your club, even in a position like me with lots of connections and privileged information. Sometimes you you just don't get the same focus and you miss it. For those uh, listeners who have never been relegated, it's a very strange, a very strange one because suddenly you're right there and you see yourself on the TV and hear about you on your radio all the time and then suddenly it's just not quite there anymore. You have to dig that much deeper and do that much more yourself. Uh, there is a massive gap between the Championship and the Premier League in terms of media attention and we're going to miss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, for people that are still wanting to follow you and be sure to constantly keep up with all things Hull, where can they find you? Yeah, well, we have our website, www.tigerlink.co.uk. You can email us at um, hcafctigerlink at gmail.com. And we are on Facebook and Twitter. And we're very happy to hear from anyone from any club. We're continued, continuing to promote Hull in its year, its stint as City of Culture 2017. Uh, there's loads going on, and it's just unfortunate that in that year we've sunk down a level into the championship. But Hull City will be back. Be warned. Hull <laughs> City will return. Terrific. We definitely are hoping that's the case. Um, well, we've definitely loved having you on all season. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Hopefully we can get you on uh, to our championship show next season. And until then, uh, take care. Thank you very much indeed, Kevin. It's been a privilege. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 